Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to episode 298 of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And here at the Unpopular Podcast, I'm not asking you to really agree with me. I'm just asking you to hear me out. I want to first start off this episode with an apology and with... So, last week I talked about, or last episode, I talked about uh, Mike Leach and, of course, his sudden passing and i didn't think or i thought i did clearly while i was recording recording but i realized i didn't i didn't talk about paul paul silas paul silas who passed away at 79 and i do want to apologize for that and address it now so paul silas he was a, a legendary head coach great player i think he averaged like 20 plus points as a player he's in the hall of fame i think he was elected back in like 2007 or 17 paul silas and of course now his son uh who coaches the houston rockets is a is a staple there he's a he was a staple in basketball a lot of people of course if you didn't really watch basketball or or care much about basketball you wouldn't know who Paul Silas was but in the coaching ring while Paul Silas isn't as a, wasn't as accomplished as a Greg Popovich or or Phil Jackson or even a I don't know even a even one <laughs> I, I guess uh I don't know even though he wasn't the most accomplished his stable on basketball was and still is legendary we talk about african-american coaches while there's more african-american coaches in basketball than there is in football you know he he joins the coaches like a like a doc rivers or a or a ty Lu or when he was coaching a bill russell you know it it paul silas will is very integral and it, it his his presence, especially with his son, his son being the head coach of the the Houston Rockets, his NBA his NBA footprint is bigger than a lot of people think, or was bigger than a lot of people think. And one thing about sports, sports is kind of like music, you know, is that your legacy will live on, and because you're in sports, because you're in music. You can think like we talk about Sean Taylor. We talk about Sean Taylor a lot. We talk about uh, you know some of the some of the athletes or some of the coaches that passed away. Bill Russell. I mean, there, there's a whole trophy <laughs> named after Bill Russell. So I do want to say rest in peace to Paul Silas. Um, he is basketball royalty, NBA royalty, and you will forever be missed. And of course, his son will definitely continue and is doing a great job as the head coach of the Houston Rockets and will continue to to you know pass the torch. So rest in peace, Paul Silas. 
it's, it's kind of hard to move on from or transition from somebody passing, but I'm going to try to do it here. During Thursday Night Football, the 49ers beat the Seahawks. I think it was it was 21 to 13. And something dawned on me while watching this game, while watching the 49ers and watching uh, them beat the Seahawks. The 49ers is the best. They're the best team in football. They are the best team in football. However, I don't think there's any other team that you can honestly say is dictated by their quarterback. Um, and and shouts out to Brock Purdy. He had yet another good game. Uh, you know, two game win streak at this point for him. But when you look, the the Forty ers are are rolling on a his like their defense right now is his is on a historic level. I said I've been saying majority of the year that. I had Micah Parsons as the defensive player of the year. Right now, to me, it's a toss-up between him or Nick or Nick Bosa. You can you can not agree with his his off the field views, which is cool. But one thing I cannot deny is how good Nick Bosa is and how unstoppable he's been this entire year and how he has been the catalyst for a 49ers team that like I said is on a historic pace I think they haven't like allowed a second I think they allowed like one or two second half touchdowns since like week seven the 49ers are so good they have so many weapons that can beat you so many ways. The problem is, and the, one of the biggest reasons why a lot of people, including myself, don't know how far the 49ers can go is because of their quarterback position. Look at the quarterbacks that they've they funneled through this year. It started off with Trey Lance. Trey Lance was supposed to, but we realized maybe he, he wasn't ready. Then, of course, Trey Lance gets hurt. You bring in Jimmy G. Jimmy G, we know how good Jimmy G is. We know how good he can be. We also know where his ceiling is and how high his ceiling is. Or let's say how low his ceiling is. Not saying he's a bad quarterback, but one thing that we know about Jimmy G is he will give the defense one or two opportunities to get a pick. He does it almost every game. Now, He's good enough to get you to the Super Bowl. I mean, of course, the 49ers did get to the Super Bowl, but we also have to realize what Jimmy G is working with. Even this year, Jimmy G, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, was is working with arguably, in fact, I don't even think it's arguable at this point. The 49ers are the best def- is the best defense in the league. But I think it's crazy that, like, you watch this 49ers team and there's still doubt. And the only doubt is because of the because of the quarterback position. I mean, the running back position straight. You got uh, Kenneth Kenneth ooh, Christian McCaffrey. When he comes back, you have Debo Samuel's. Of course, you have George Kittle, who is still arguably one of the best, not the best, clearly, but one of the best tight ends in the league. I'll say probably s- s- second or third. I kind of put him up there with Mark Andrews. Of course, you have Brandon Ayuk. It's 
this team is the only team that you can honestly say can be a toss-up. I don't know, you know, and, and this team, the 49ers are so good, I don't know how good Brock Purdy is. Brock Purdy can be, right now, Brock Purdy looks like one of the best quarterbacks in the league these last two weeks. Is that because of the people that he's playing around, or is that because he's just that good? And I, I'm and I'm not here to disrespect anybody. What I'm here to say is, this for the 49ers, especially when you talk about the totality of the team when healthy, is the best team in football. They are better. They're the best defensive team by a long shot, in my opinion. And when you look offensively, how many other teams can you say have the weapons that the 49ers have? The only thing that you can say is, well, <laughs> and you look if you look at most if you look at the Ravens, they have Lamar Jackson. If you look at uh the Bills, they have Josh Allen. If you look at the Chiefs, they have Patrick Mahomes. You look at any of the top teams, the Bengals, they have Joe Burrow. The Chargers, they have Justin Herbert. The Packers, even though they are better than the Packers this year, they have Aaron Rodgers. I think we talk about stories, you know, we especially when we talk about MVP and we talk about stuff like that. And while no, I'm not saying Brock Purdy should be or is in the MVP discussion. But imagine if Brock Purdy leads the 49ers to the Super Bowl and ultimately wins it. We talk about stories. That probably would be the greatest story in NFL history. In fact, I don't think that there's ever been, I don't think the last pick of the draft that was a quarterback has ever won a Super Bowl. So imagine you go to the Super Bowl and think about, think about the matchups that they could see in the Super Bowl. The 49ers could go against the, the, the Bengals. And what do the Bengal, the Bengal, the 49ers, I would, it was, I would probably choose the Bengals because they're going, or they're their back and of course their offense, but that defense is ferocious of the 49ers. Or the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes would have to have an, have a Herculean, a Herculaic, I'm sorry, performance to beat that defense. That defense is that good. I put I'm not saying that they're better, but I put that defense on some of those Ravens defenses or the Steelers defenses. That's how good they are. Again, man, I guess this is a congratulations or or a shouts out to the 49ers for winning Thursday night football. But and for people that's going to say this, I understand. They're going to say, well, well, Jay. What about, look who they played. They played the Seahawks. The Seahawks' defense has not been good majority of this year. And the Seahawks are kind of showing who the Seahawks, that high is kind of coming down. I get it. But this isn't just a one-week thing. The 49ers have been on a roll. And that is that is behind the play of their defense. And, of course, we're talking about the defense and how great it is, but we a lot of times people forget and people fail to mention how good this offense is when healthy. It's just about the quarterback. I said this coming into the season. I said the 49ers have arguably the best roster. And I would always say that because if you look at that doesn't really matter. And if you and if you want a, an example of that, look at the Broncos. The Broncos have 
arguably one of the best rosters in football. And the Broncos are currently 3-10. and 10. So when I say, yeah, the 49ers have one of the best rosters, it doesn't matter as much. It's just how you put it together. The Chargers have one of the best rosters, if not the best roster, and they're 7-6. and six. Now, yes, I also understand injury plays a part in everything, but they're 7-6. and six. The Buccaneers have a great roster, 6-7. and seven. The Saints have a good roster. They're 4-9. What I'm saying is this. I think that the 49ers, are, they're good enough. They're, they're clearly good enough to win a Super Bowl. It really depends on their quarterback. Because if you put, imagine you had Aaron Rodgers. Even this year's Aaron Rodgers. Imagine you had Aaron Rodgers as the quarterback of the 49ers. Imagine if you had, hell, this year's Tom Brady, who, by the way, I just saw the stat. He's on pace to throw 770 or 757 passes in one season, which would be the record. I also saw a report by the Athletic saying that this is likely his last season. Now, we've seen that before. I don't know, but, you know. I think that that kind of. Lack of a better term, it's I'm kind of on the fence about this feeling of pressure when we talk about Brock Purdy or the quarterback position of the 49ers. Because if I'm somebody sitting at home, you know, if I'm somebody sitting at home watching this and thinking to themselves, yo, the 49ers are one of, if not the best team in football. It's all about the quarterback. I think on one hand, you can say that that's an immense amount of pressure because you understand if you're good, this team is good enough to win. If you're good, this team is Super Bowl is a Super Bowl winning caliber team. So I I, I understand a, 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 an immense amount of pressure there. I also understand the pressure of well, they're saying this because of the roster that we have and because of the defense is playing on a historic level and because. Even if I'm not playing well, you still have Christian McCaffrey. You still have uh, Debo Samuels when he comes back. You still have George Kittle, who's one of the best tight ends. You still have Brandon Ayuk. You still have a bunch of pieces. And this isn't just to Brock Purdy. This is whoever, because, you know, there is reports that what's his, uh, Jimmy G should be coming back. And whether he comes back to it, that's another question that we're going to have. Is this going to be like a Carson Wentz-Taylor Heineke situation? Not saying that the in fact the the 49ers this to me is exactly well I'm not going to say exactly because it doesn't really seem like reports have come out that the the locker room isn't too fond of of a Chris uh, Carson Wentz and it seems like they like Jimmy G but players under I take it from a basketball standpoint because that's that's how I'm always going to see things in a basketball standpoint because I play basketball. We all know about the coach's son, right? <laughs> we all know that if the coach has a son, 9.5 times out of 10, the coach's son is going to be there. Meaning, the coach's, the coach's son is going to take up a spot for somebody that's probably better than him. 
We just know that. In fact, almost everywhere, high school, my coach had three sons. Two of them was god-awful, trash, terrible. They were on the team. Players around know. Like, players, it's like a respect level thing as well. Players around know the only reason why you're on this team, bro, is because your dad is the coach. But you have... James over there who didn't make the team, but if he was on the team, he would average 15 points. Or, or I don't know, Lamont over there, he'll probably average, he's he's 6'8", 6'11", six, six, he'll average, what, 10 rebounds. But because we needed a, two spots and coach gave it to you, they were, they, they'll play with you, Pauls. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll play together on the team. But in the back of the mind, they always know, I mean, he is better than you. Same as the Taylor Heineke, Carson Wentz situation. Carson Wentz is probably better than Taylor Heineke. Ain't no probably. Carson Wentz is better than Taylor Heineke. But there's a reason why Washington looks drastically different with Taylor Heineke, the lesser talented quarterback, than they do with Carson Wentz because they want to play with Taylor Heineke. I'm not saying that the 49ers don't like Jimmy G, but they look drastically different with Brock Purdy than they do with Jimmy G, than they do with Trey Lance. It seems like they want to play, and, and Brock Purdy is making explosive plays left and right. So in conclusion of this topic, man, look, the 49ers are good. I may, yeah, Michael Parsons is still up there, but I st- I'm starting to think it might be Nick Bosa to win Defensive Player of the Year. In this team, the 49ers, after watching Thursday Night Football and watching how the only thing that was holding them back and he didn't even play bad, but the only thing that was holding them back is the quarterback position. I think that is that at the end of the day is going to decide the 49ers' fate. Because if you put them up, I can see the 49ers beating any team in this league or in the league. I can see them beating the Bills. I can see them beating the Chiefs. I can see them beating the Bengals. I can see them beating the Chargers. I can see them beating any team in the NFL. But I can also see them losing to any team in the NFL because of the quarterback position and how questionable it could be. Now, yes, the defense can definitely, you know, make up for a lot of deficiencies. But as we saw, as we see majority of the time, sometimes that doesn't work out. Sometimes... When you have to go to plan B and plan B is the quarterback, sometimes it doesn't it just doesn't work. Hell, we saw that with the Titans. We saw the, we see that with the Titans damn near every year in the playoffs. When plan A, which is the the run game, Derrick Henry, when that doesn't work or the defense isn't working, you have to put it in Ryan Tannehill's hands and we see how that goes. But shouts out to the 49ers for beating uh for beating the Seahawks in Thursday Night Football 21-13. Let's move forward. 
you know how they say an injury can can an injury to a star player uh, for a short amount of time can be the best thing for a team, or because the player is injured is going to have to uh, it's going to have to elevate other people. Other people are going to have to step up to the plate. So then when that player comes back. It's just going to be peaches and cream and, and everything like that. Yeah, this situation is not that. <laughs> not that in the slightest. So Steph Curry uh, has, an, has a shoulder injury. Uh, they, there's, it's pretty much a shoulder separation. And he will be out for a few weeks. Now they haven't given a time. They haven't given a time, like a, a timetable, but a few weeks that what they're saying is, or what Woj is saying is pretty much three to four. Don't really know. They'll reevaluate. Bada bing, bada boom. He wasn't able, he didn't have to have surgery. So shouts out to Steph. And and I hope that he recovers, even though selfishly I'm a little upset because on the 21st, I'm supposed to be going to the game to see Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors play Brooklyn Nets. But hey, it's cool. That's the less basketball. But this is not that. And when I say this is not that, Steph Curry, two-time MVP Steph Curry, by the way, is having statistically his best season he's ever had. And this is coming off of a season. This is coming. This I'm saying that. And he had a season where he was the unanimous, the only unanimous in NBA history MVP and averaged like 30, 30 points a game while still averaging 50, 40, 90. Steph Curry statistically is having the greatest season he's ever had. Steph Curry is a once in a generation player. Steph Curry is one of the greatest players to ever grace the floor of a basketball court. Golden State. With with all that being said, let me see something real quick. With all that being said, Gerns, Gern, <laughs> Golden State is currently fifteen and oh, 14 and fifteen. With Steph Curry having arguably his greatest season. And why is that? Because defensively they're not good. Well, let me say that. Defense, when Steph Curry is now on the floor, they are drastically worse than when he is on. In fact, Golden State has one of the best starting fives, like like percentage-wise, has one of the best starting fives in the league. I think it's like top five. But they also have one of the worst benches, like a bottom five bench. They banked on... Their young players being better. They blanked on blanked. They banked on Jordan Poole making that leap. They banked on James Wiseman. They banked on Moses Moody. They banked on Jonathan Kaminga. They banked on youth and free agent acquisitions. Uh, Dante DiVincenzo, uh, Jamichael Green. And while Dante DiVincenzo's been good. N- Jordan Poole's been inconsistent. Andrew Wiggins has probably been their second best player, but he's out right now. So with all that being said, 
And with all that put into the pot, you still have Steph Curry having one of the most one of, statistically his best season. And now he's out for a month. Possibly. Maybe more. I hope not more, but maybe more. Maybe less. You see, Steph Curry was the only consistent light that Golden State saw this year. And and yes, it can be said that things could come things could change for the better, but I don't see it. I don't see it because this is a champion this team won the championship last year. And while yes, there is a a championship lull, like I mean, it's 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 hard getting up for the first few games. It's also something to be said where you are like fourteen and two at home and two and thirteen or two and fourteen on the road. And it just so happened that on the road is where Steph Curry got hurt against Indiana. One of two things can happen. It, one of two things will happen. And this is why this is the most critical point of Golden State's season. It's because what do you do with this type of adversity? This isn't, and, and there's no offense to, to, no, there's no offense to them, clearly, because they're still great players. But this isn't Clay Thompson not being there. Klay Thompson hasn't had the best season. He's still trying to get his legs back. He's still trying to get more consistent. This isn't like Jordan Poole not being there. Jordan Poole hasn't had the best season. He's trying to figure out how he can submit himself on the bench or coming off the bench compared to being in the starting starting lineup. Draymond Green is, has been more active on the offense, but he he hasn't really put up the stats like that. And their second best player, their most consistent player all season is out right now, and that is Andrew Wiggins. So right now, your current two best players, or the two best players of this season, are out. And one of them is Steph Curry. So like I said, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to A, elevate yourself. Jordan Poole is going to elevate uh Draymond Green's gonna have to elevate when Andrew Wiggins gets back because he's supposed to be coming back soon. He's gonna have to elevate. Clay Thompson's gonna have to elevate. You elevate. But with you elevating, how far are you going to rise? How far can you rise in the standings? Because right now, Golden State is 10th in the standings. Because the question is, with them playing their best, with 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 Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, with them playing their best, how good is this team still without Steph Curry? And it's not like you're losing me. <laughs> it's like it's not like you're losing me in a relationship. Hey, I'm pretty sure I'm replaceable. I I mean I know I'm not Beyonce or nothing, but I know I'm not. I'm pretty replaceable in a relationship. You're losing Steph Curry. So either everyone's going to improve or going to have to improve. But how are you going to tread water? Like, what are you going to do? Or everybody plays the same. 
Well, people start to press. Clay Thompson starts to press. Jordan Poole starts to press. And they start missing shots. Then you fall in the standings. So now, when you get Steph Curry back, you're what? 11th, 12th, 13th in the league? So now you're fighting for a playing spot. This, to me, this is going to make or break Golden State's season. And I'm not saying that there's nothing. Players can get better, yeah. Jordan Poole can step up. Clay can step up. People that need to step up, the, 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 I know they just recalled, um, what Ryan Reynolds and, and James Wiseman from the G League, maybe they step up a little more. Or they're going to have to step up a little more. But, like, what happens? Golden. We were we were always waiting. Two teams that we're waiting for the, the switch. We're waiting for the turnaround. That is Golden State and, and the Clippers. And, and, and when you look, currently, I don't have Golden State, and of course, standings-wise, but Golden State right now is exactly where they're supposed to be in 10th. I don't, I don't see them that much better than the Minnesota Timberwolves or the Los Angeles Lakers, especially with Anthony Davis and LeBron James playing how they're playing and Russell Westbrook playing how they're playing. Luka just smacked him the other day. I wish, you know, speedy recovery for 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 Curry. Um but just understand that this is the absolute worst situation that you can be in. Because you're a team that is struggling. And struggling to maintain some consistency, a, a good consistency. A team, by the way, that just won the championship is struggling to maintain some consistency in the most consistent player on your team. And a generational player is gone or out. In a time, in a very critical branch of the season, because right now you're you're still on a road trip. Now, I know you're going to go back to Golden State for Christmas, but again, he will not be there. And your 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 schedule starts to ramping up. You're like again, you have Memphis. Let me see something. Let me see Golden State schedule because I know you have uh, Brooklyn coming, and Brooklyn's playing a lot better. Yeah, you <laughs> you had yesterday was Philly, then you have Toronto, then you have Brooklyn, then you have Memphis. Then you have Portland and, and 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 Damian Lillard. You have Atlanta and those young like. Mm, now the only the only solace is you have Memphis at home, you have Charlotte at home, you have Utah at home, you have Portland at home, and you have you know. You have Atlanta at home, but after that, what what happens? And is is Steph Curry going to be ready? 
It's just something, it's just, it's just something to think about. Uh, again, I wish for a speedy recovery. Um, but it gets, it gets treacherous. Oh, no, it doesn't. Oh, well, yeah, okay, well, I guess you're shooting for what? January 10th? And you get Phoenix? Because you got some winnable games. I mean... Again, I said I said those after Atlanta you have Detroit, you have Orlando. Even after Phoenix, you have San Antonio, you have the Bulls, you have the Wizards. Yeah. And then you have the nineteenth. You have Boston again. Um, I don't know. I just it's 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 tough sledding. I think it's it's you pick the mm, that's the worst time for somebody to get hurt. I'm tell you, or a player like Steph Curry to get hurt. So, but we'll see. Speaking of, we'll see. Let me give my uh, week 15 prediction of the NFL. Uh, don't need to really sit on this long. You have the Colts at Vikings. I have the Vikings. I just don't trust the Colts. Uh, the Colts have been horrible this season. Um, the the. <laughs> The Jeff Saturday bubble has kind of burst, uh, and, and the Colts are back to being the Colts. Their offensive line has been better, but, again, Matt Ryan has been terrible. So I have the Vikings. Um, Ravens at Browns. That's going to be a good game. I actually have the Browns winning this game because Tyler Huntley's not playing. Or Tyler Huntley is playing, I'm sorry, and not Lamar Jackson. I know Deshaun Watson is still trying to get get his legs under. Well, let me not say that. I know Deshaun Watson is still trying to, you know, get back into the flow of things. Uh, but I just think with the running game, this the team is going to have to rely on their defense. And you, while you were able to do that against the Col- or the Steelers last last week, you're not going to be able to do the, the I. No offense to the Steelers. I trust Deshaun Watson now more than I trust Kenny Pickett or Ms. Trubisky. I mean, Ms. Trubisky himself threw three interceptions. I don't think that's going to happen with Deshaun Watson. I have Deshaun Watson winning. And I have the the Browns beating the Ravens. Um, which means, in fact, who the Bengals play? Yeah, okay. Um, Dolphins at Bills. I will say this. To me, this is the biggest game in, in Tua's career. So far, as far as NFL career, because, of course, I know he was in the national championship, but this is the biggest game in his career. The Dolphins are struggling. There are major questions about Tua right now. And I think they're on a two-game losing streak. And you're going into a divisional opponent, an opponent that a lot of people think you're supposed to be looking eye to eye to and an opponent, by the way, in the Bills, even though they've won, they've struggled these last few weeks. The pressure is on Tua. Because a game maybe back in week four or five that didn't look winnable, seeing as how good the Bills looked, now looks incredibly winnable. And I'm not saying that they have to win this game. The Dolphins don't have to win this game. But Tua can't get drastically outplayed. Or 
he can't look drastically different than Josh Allen, who, again, is struggling. Josh Allen, just a week ago, I think through the lowest like lowest amounts, and if we're talking about yards, he's thrown this entire season. So the last thing you can do is look worse than him or drastically different than him. You have the better wide receiver core, even though these are two really good wide receiver cores, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. I just think this is the biggest game of Tua's career. And I'm not saying that you have to win, even though that clearly is the goal. But you can't look bad. Because you have looked bad these last two or three weeks. But with all that being said, I have the Bills winning this. The reason why I have the Bills is because I think they're projected to have like two to six inches of snow. And if you look at two of his worst games, the three worst games he's ever had have all been, I think it's been under 40 degrees or under 50 degrees Fahrenheit. I eat. It can't be 50 degrees and snowing, my G. Now, Josh Allen coming from Wyoming, that is just a little, you know, and you're clearly in the Bills. I, I just, I, I have the Bills winning this one. Again, I'm not saying that the, the Dolphins have to win, but Tua has to look good, which is going to be hard because the elements are not in his favor in the slightest. So I have the Bills winning that. Falcons at Saints. Oh, Jesus. Um, I have the Saints. I have the Saints because I think Desmond Ritter is going to start. And if I'm not mistaken, that is his first NFL start. And I think even though they are struggling this year, I think that is a tough ask to the first team you start against is the Saints in New Orleans. I just have the Saints winning that one. Uh, Steelers at Panthers. I have the Panthers. Um, I don't even. I think Mitch Trubisky is going to start for the Steelers. Um, and I was drastically wrong about Mitch. I thought that the Steelers. I thought Mitch Trubisky, after spending a year uh, with the Bills and and backing up uh, Josh Allen and seeing how they do things and seeing the elevation of Josh Allen. I thought that Mr. Trubisky was going to be a lot better for the Steelers. He has not. <laughs> he looks like the same old Mr. Trubisky that he was in 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 Chicago, and that is not good for the Steelers. I have the Panthers winning because they're a home, and because Sam Darnold looked really good last week. The Steelers' defense is better than, of course, uh, the team he played last week. But I, I who did they play last week? The Seahawks. The the Steelers' defense is better than the Seahawks' defense, clearly. But I, I just have the Panthers. I trust – crazy to say. I trust Sam Darnold more than I trust uh, Mr. Biskey. And even if he does play Kenny Pickett, but I don't think Kenny Pickett is going to play. So I have the Panthers. Eagles at Bears. I think this, this game is going to be better than we think, but I still have the Eagles. The Eagles are a better team. I do not like the Bears' defense. In fact, the Bears' defense is one of the worst – units in football uh and that's not a good recipe against this 
RPO attack that the Eagles run, and you still have Jalen Hurts at the at the forefront. So I have the I have the Eagles uh, winning this game. Chiefs at Texans again. I said this before. I will say it again. I know the Texans fought valiantly against the Cowboys a week ago, but any single time I see any team go <laughs> matched up against the Texans, I'm picking the other team. So and it's the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs beating the Texans. Um, Cowboys at Jaguars. I have the Cowboys. Even though the Jaguars are playing better, they did win last week. I have the Cowboys. I just think they're running running attack. And again, you, Dak Prescott doesn't have to do a lot. If he does, if you make him do more than he's supposed to do, you have a good chance of winning. But this Jaguars defense isn't the best at all. <laughs> And they, the the Cowboys got T. Y. Hilton, so <laughs> uh, that's sarcasm for people for the listening audience. Um, but I do have the Cowboys, honestly. Lions at Jets. I have the Lions. One because Zach Wilson is playing again. Uh, two because of course Mike White is out. Two, the Lions are better. The Lions are good. I say this every week. The Lions are a good team. Defend they they're they're good. You you I just have them being the Jets. I have them being the Jets. Now this would be the week where Jared Goff and this team shows they ass and and is terrible. But I I just think the Lions are better. The Lions are better than the Jets, even though the record doesn't reflect that. And the Jets do have a good defense. Don't get me wrong. I have the Lions beating the Jets. Cardinals at Broncos. That's going to be a tough game to watch because I don't even – I don't think – there's no way – I mean, we know Kyler Murray's not playing, so I think it's Colt McCoy. And after being knocked out like unconscious a week ago, I very highly doubt that Russell Wilson will be playing. So I have the Cardinals. I, and I'm not saying that in like the most confident way. I have the Cardinals. I don't. I don't trust anything about the Broncos. Especially if Russell Wilson's not playing. Um, Patriots at Raiders. On paper, bro, the Raiders should win this game. But we know how Bill Belichick is against his former assistants. Uh, I don't know. And the Raiders, boy, the Raiders show they ass, bro. Like, one one game, they look incredible. Next game, they look like they shouldn't even be in the NFL. I have the Raiders. I'm going to go. I'm going to say the Raiders. I like Derek Carr, even though he struggled this year. I like Derek Carr more than I like Mac Jones. Mm, I kind of see them on the same level. Jesus. I'm going to flip. I'm going to say the Patriots. I'm going to say the Patriots. That is a tough game. This is a pick game to me because the Patriots still don't have an offensive coordinator. Um, I'm going to say the Patriots. I'm going to say the Patriots. The Patriots beat the Raiders. Um, Titans at Chargers. I have the Chargers. Their charges at are at home. Uh, I, I always am going to trust Justin Herbert more than I trust Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I think Traylon Burks comes back this week, but we don't know yet. It is you still do have the running game with the Titans that is tough, and the Chargers deep, but the Chargers defense are looking better even with the injuries that they have. So I have the Chargers. The game of the week, man, is uh, Bengals at the Buccaneers. And it's, it's only because of 
what are they saying? The <laughs> I think this is hilarious. It's called the they're calling this the teacher and the apprentice game or the past and the present game, which is funny because isn't Patrick Mahomes better than Joey Burrow or Joe Burrow? And that's no offense to Joe Burrow, but yeah. Um, but I have the Bengals winning this game. The Buccaneers are not good. And if you if if you've been if <laughs> If you could just look at the stats, I mean, they've been god awful this entire year. Uh yeah, Tom Brady has been one of the he's thrown the ball a lot and he is one of the leaders in passing yards, but that is because of just the sheer amount of time he's thrown the ball because the offensive line, the run game has been terrible. It's there hasn't been a a single redeeming factor about this team outside of their defense hasn't been terrible but it hasn't been good either so there's not really a redeeming factor with this team except for you have tom brady um so i have the Bengals winning this man i, I just think you're gonna see a tale of young versus old and I, and that's no disrespect to the buccaneers it's just as an older team um yeah Giants at Washington for Sunday night football. Oh, man, I could have worked that. Uh, I have Washington winning. I'm going to ride with the commanders. And I know Saquon Barkley should be coming back, but he hasn't he hasn't played last few weeks. And the commanders, I mean, the last time they did play was a tie. I like Taylor Heineke more than I like uh, Daniel Jones. And I'm a Washington fan, so there's that. <laughs> and Sun- Monday Night Football, you have uh, the Rams at Packers. Baker Mayfield against Tom- uh, Aaron Rodgers. Now, I will. I have the Packers win this game, but both teams are not that good. The Rams are 4-9, the Packers are 5-8. and eight. But the Packers do understand that they're playing for like their their playoff lives at this point, uh, and they have to win out. They have to win out. Now it's going to be tough because I think they have the Vikings coming up soon or like the end of the year, but they have to win out, and that starts with this game. Now I don't know if Aaron Donald's going to be playing, but even with that, you know Baker Mayfield's in. You know it's Baker Mayfield. Uh, so I have the Packers winning that, and though those are my predictions for. Week 15. So let me know what you guys think. Move forward. Oh, so we talked about last episode that Argentina made it to the World Cup finals, and now we know who their opponent is going to be, which is France. The, to me, it couldn't have uh it couldn't have it couldn't have ended a better way or with a better matchup. Yeah, you still had Portugal and and Cristiano Ronaldo, but Ronaldo's been struggling this last year, like it, tremendously. <clears throat> Excuse me. Of course, you have Morocco. There's a there's a lot of teams it could have been, but I am glad that you have arguably two of the top two of the top three. Because of course, you can also put Neymar in there, and a lot of people thought Brazil was going to make it, including myself. But you have the legacy and still one of the best players, if not the best player, and Leo Messi. And, of course, you have uh, Mbappe. 
it's the tale between Argentina, who hasn't won since nineteen what sixty nineteen eighty six, and you have France, who uh, they won last year. So you have the reigning champions against the legacy holder, which of course is Lionel Lionel Messi. Look here, man. Everything should tell you to go with France. France is a better overall team. They they won last year. They still have one of the best, if not the best, football player in 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 the world in Bappe. But I'm I'm riding with Argentina, man. I think they when people know this is why I thought that Portugal was going to go a little further because you know what's at stake, and people. Whether you believe it or not, people care about other people's legacy. Hell, you—that's the same reason why Andre Iguodala is still on the. Andre Iguodala is still playing with Golden State because he wants to enhance Steph Curry's legacy. He said this, not me. He said this. That's why you saw how hard the Ravens played and ultimately won the last year of Ray, Ray Lewis's football life. Teammates are going to play better. Because they want you to go out. If, if you have a great player, they want you to go out in the blaze of glory. And it has already been, it's already known that this is Messi's last World Cup. And I just think that, and it's not like Argentina's a bum or a scrub. They are good. I mean, they just did a number on, I forgot who it was. They just beat them like 3-0. So I just think everything if you if you go with your head, man, if you go with your head, you have to go with France because France is a better team uh, or France has shown that they are a better team. They won last year and they also have a top player as well. But then you can go with your heart. And my heart is going with Lionel Messi. It's kind of like last year, uh, even though it's not one game, but it's kind of like last year when we talk about um. Hell, last year in a couple sports, college football, your head, your heart is telling, or your head saying, yo, go with Alabama. It's Alabama. Alabama. But your heart says, go with Georgia, and boom, you went with your, and Georgia won. Golden State and Boston. Everything in you said Boston is a better team. Go with your, go with Boston. Younger, faster, better defense, go with Boston. But if you listen to your head, it said, or listen to your heart. It said, go with Golden State, and they went. Now I'm not saying that the go always go hard overhead, but my head is telling me go with France, but my heart is saying go with uh, go with Messi, and that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with Argentina. It's on Sunday tomorrow. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about, it, of course, on Wednesday. But I have Argentina beating France, so. And lastly, before we go, um, the Yankees got Carlos Rondon, Rodon, who of course is pitching, whoa, is pitching, and it strengthens their bullpen. And of course, they're they're pitching because you still have Garrett Cole. Like they they have they have some pitchers. Like they have they have a squad. Let me let me look at their pitching depth for a second before we. Uh, I should have had this up. My fault, people. Let me look at their pitching depth. 
depth real quick. Um, currently, you have where are we at here? God damn, they have a lot of pitchers. What the hell? They have Garrett Cole. They have Jimmy Cordero. Junior Fernandez. Now, of course, Carlos Rodon. Luis Severno. I know I messed all y'all names up. I apologize, y'all. I really do. I'm very ignorant to these names. I will say this. Yankees find, in my opinion, the Yankees find a way to get better in areas that they don't need to get better in. Last year, while there were stretches of the year where their pitching struggled, that's not what did them in the, at the end of the year or at the at the in the playoffs. It was they just couldn't hit anymore. Even with Aaron Judge, you know, re-signing Aaron Judge and 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 him having what sixty four home runs, that didn't matter at all in the playoffs or maybe sixty two one and two. So I would think. You might want to find yourself another hitter. I don't know. The Yankees when when they got when they got Garrett when they got Giancarlo Stanton, their problem wasn't hitting. Their problem was pitching. It just seems like they're very reactive, but they're slow to react. I don't know. I think that this is a good move. I do, but it's like. Again, I just saw how the Yankees went out in the playoffs against the Astros. Do I think that they can do I think that this move is going to propel them? No, I don't. I think it's a good move, but I don't I don't think that now they're just drastically better in the, in in, you know. It's just me. But congratulations to the Yankees and Carlos Rondon. Rodon, I know I'm probably saying your name wrong again, bro. I apologize. Oh, and they also have Albert Abreu. I forgot him, too. I don't know, man. I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't feel like a monumental move because I just saw them have the AL MVP and they got destroyed against the Astros in the playoffs. Damn near swept. So, there's that. And there you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I truly, truly appreciate you guys. Um, If you want a popular podcast shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve, joggers, the link is in the description below. I have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Whatever you're looking for, nine times out of ten, I probably got in the color that you're looking for as well. So, click the link below. Link below. <laughs> Click the link below and get your unpopular podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to if you're listening. Please subscribe to if you're watching. It definitely, definitely means a lot. I'm trying to get the algorithms going. So tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend. Subscribe, comment if you like. I definitely respond. I'm just leave you guys with that. I love you guys. So I really love and appreciate you guys. And I appreciate everyone that supports me. Appreciate everyone that doesn't support me. What does Joe Budden say? Uh, my first and last time listeners. I appreciate all you guys. I really do. Um, and I, 
I wouldn't be able to do this without a lot of people. So I appreciate you all. But until next time, much love. Damn, I'm doing a whole 200 in the lane.